0: Hey, everybody. This is Doug Robertson with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. It is August 27th. Tomorrow is my daughter's birthday, but today we are celebrating, or y'all are celebrating, I should say, Atlanta United's 4-0 win against Nashville on Saturday at Mercedes-Benz Stadium in a thumping of a very good Coyotes team. It was... A dominant performance by Atlanta United it was its second consecutive shutout, increasing its total to eight this season. It has now scored six goals in the past two games, and it could easily have double that amount with a little bit better finishing in front of goal because it's had so many chances. Going through the scoring real quick, Zondi Silva opened his debut with a right-footed volley that I think should be considered an MLS goal of the year candidate because the skill level was outrageous on an assist from Almada. Then Almada scored in the 46th minute, assisted by Silva, a little right-footed dink over the goalkeeper Joe Willis. Miles Robinson, who may or may not have gotten away with a little bit of a push-off, with a header into the corner for the third goal, bringing Atlanta United's total on goal scored from corner kicks to nine this season, most in the league. And then Saba Lopjanice closed the scoring in the 87th minute with a cheeky backhill, which he said he has never done before. He looked good in his debut. Atlanta United's next game will be against first-place Cincinnati, the runaway Supporters' Shield leaders. Then they will go to Dallas on Saturday. Then they will get a week off, come back, and face Miami, featuring the always, always dangerous Lionel Messi. Atlanta United finished with more possession at 51.2%. Expected goals were 3.85 to 1.1%. Atlanta United with 20 shots to Nashville's 13, but put 11 on goal to Nashville's 1. The other big, big stat from this game, in my opinion, was Thiago Almada finishing with 9 chances created a new team record. As his MVP candidacy really heats up. I think it's going to be between he and Mukhtar, and it's going to be decided with whoever does best and whoever's team plays better over these final few games. Atlanta United is within two points of second place. Three teams are tied at second place. The problem for Atlanta United is it has played the most games of the teams above the playoff line in the East. Some teams have played one fewer match. Some other teams have played two fewer matches. So for Atlanta United to finish in at least fourth, which it can do, it needs to continue to produce good results and get a little bit of good luck. The good news for Atlanta United is it has... Two games against Cincinnati, so it can make up some ground on the field, if you believe in that kind of a stat. It has a game against Philadelphia, which is chasing. It has games against Columbus, which it's chasing. So it has plenty of opportunities. It just needs to continue to play like it's been playing. In the rest of this podcast, you're going to hear from manager Gonzalo Pineda, from Tiago Almada, from Saba Lupgenice. Some of you called in with some voicemails, so bless your heart. And some of you sent in some emails to Droberson at ajc.com or to my Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. Daniel is back with us on the board. Yay, it's good for Daniel. He is quick crocheting. It was becoming too much. If this is your first time listening to us, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluesteak, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut, are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. As we typically do with the post-game podcast, we are going to start with Gonzalo Pineda. And I was curious, you know, the team had the unwanted League's Cup break, but since it's come out of that break... It has played some of the best soccer it's played in a long time. So I wanted to ask Gonzo if it was a combination of rest, just a combination of being able to really hone in on some of the tactics and the, and the baseline stuff he wanted done, or if it was simply adding these new players, uh, Jean de Silva, Tristan Mayomba, Saba Lopcinitze. We still haven't gotten to see Jamal Thierry. There's no telling when he's going to be here. Even if he comes this week, he's not going to play on Wednesday or Saturday. Well, it's unlikely he's going to play. What are the factors that have contributed to, to these this two-game win streak?
1: No, to the players. To the players. I think uh, it's great to the players. I mean, there are many different tactics. There are many periods of time where we rest, and, and the players need to perform, and the players need to make plays. And they did great to me. Uh, 3.79 expected goals. Uh, 9.0. Uh, clear chances, about 0.1 expected goals. I mean, good stats, good numbers, um, clean sheet two times in a row. Last time we did was a long time ago, uh, Montreal. Um, so uh, very happy for all of that. I think it was a very good performance from everyone, top to bottom, and, uh, and it's great to the players.
0: And then Saba made his debut. It was very, very lively. You know, I said he doesn't really look like a soccer player or like your typical soccer player. But you could see he's fast, he moves well, he's two-footed. He played in a a really good pass to uh, Thiago uh, at one point. He could have scored two goals. He put one shot right at the goalkeeper before he he did his little cheeky back-heel finish. He's a fun guy to talk to uh, in the locker room. He's a nice guy. Big NBA fan, we found out. But I wanted to ask Pineda on what is his expectations for Saba, considering this was his first match, and then how did he play?
1: Well, I have to say that Saba train, uh, well, travel all the way from Georgia to Georgia in Europe to this Georgia, and uh, it was a very long trip. He trained warm-up one day, two sessions, one of those was yesterday, and it was a pre-match session, so it was pretty much nothing. Uh, So the expectation had to be in line with that i just want him to have his f- first exposure in, in the bands with the fans and just a debut for me i was just expecting that and getting along with his teammates and get to know the system in a very realistic way and that that was for me i wasn't expecting actually goals or assists if it comes good but I was just my expectations had to be in line with what I just explained. Uh, but him scoring that goal, not just because of the goal, but actually the connection he had in that moment with Thiago, his back heel to Thiago, to assist Thiago, and then the reward was the goal. I think it was pretty good. And for being his first game, he showed the ability he has to get in the end line, his ability to get crosses inside the box for someone like Gigi. He's one that can deliver very good crosses, also from set pieces. You haven't seen that one. Uh, So it's someone that I'm very happy that this goal hopefully helps in the confidence and his integration with the team so we can see more of those coming.
0: We got to talk to Tiago, and you know, one of the answers that Pineda gave y'all didn't hear was just about how Almada has players he can play off of around him now. So I wanted to ask Almada how he feels about the play of of Silva and Mosquera and Yurgos and Miyamba around him
1: yeah it's going well i think between all of us we we have a good attack um and everyone's trying to be at their best level and uh it's pushing
0: us forward that of course is justin translating for almada and followed up with almada on if he needed that break to regroup no no no
1: i don't think i needed it but i think the the break was good uh right now we're doing things well um but we with this we can't be satisfied we have to continue uh, on this path
0: there were a couple of reports last week that Almada has told Atlanta United that he wants to leave, that his agent has started negotiating with Ajax in Holland. None of that is true. And here's Almada talking about it. No, no, no. The only goal
1: no, the only thing that I've said is, is if there is a good offer, that I'll consider it and speak it, speak it over with my my family. Um, but at the moment, I'm I'm very happy here. This is a big club. Um, you know, I'm happy where I'm at. But if if there is an offer, um, you know, I'll consider it when the time comes.
0: And as most of you know, Almada was a teammate of Lionel Messi's on the Argentine national team at the World Cup. And I was curious to know if him coming here, if Messi coming here along with Busquets and Jordi Alba, might persuade. Thiago to stay in MLS a little bit longer.
1: no MLS. No, I think Messi Busquets, Alba those guys add a great level of quality to the league um, but i've I've always had the the desire to try and play at the highest level uh, and hopefully
0: someday I can. Now going to Saba here he is talking about his backhill goal and getting the three points. yeah, honestly I'm very really happy about that like <laughs> uh, before I
1: never scored like backheels. So okay, it was good. But first of all, I want to say it was it's a uh, really good day because we have—we get the three points, you know. So initially the it was our opponent, you know, like we had the same points. Now three, we are three points more.
0: And I was curious, he's only had two training sessions, has Sabin, and one of them was really not much of a training session by Pineda's admission. If he kind of knew what was going on out there.
1: Yeah, you know, like... Uh, I'm not, I, uh, you know, like uh, you know, when, you were, when you were a professional mm-hmm. player, so it's, it's very easy to get the tactic, you know, like okay. uh, especially the old players played so good and they was, that's why it was easy, you know, mm-hmm. to like uh, get directly a really good mm-hmm. game, you know.
0: There weren't many players in the locker room to talk to yesterday, so that's why we only got sound from those two. But, you know, there's a lot of, of soccer to be played this week. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. I'm Ernie Suggs. And I'm Ned Ravone. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologeticallyATL. I need to remind y'all that the Atlanta General Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. If you subscribe today, this Sunday, August 27th, you have to do it today. You can get three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. So if you're at family lunch right now, if you're playing with the kids, just tell them, I'm sorry, I've got to go do this. Otherwise I might risk not getting this special promo for just 99 cents. All you have to do is go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcasts. So you always know what's really going on. Just 99 cents. Three months of unlimited digital access to everything we do. My God, what a bargain. On to the mailbag. 404-526-AJCP. That's 404-526-2527. While you're typing in subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast, open your calendar or your address book and type in 404-526-AJCP or 404-526-2527 so that you can call in whatever you have a thought about Atlanta United. We're going to start with Brett from Inman Park.
1: Hey, Doug, it's Brett from Inman Park. If you were a player, what jersey number would you wear? Almada's on his third number, 8, 23, 10. Which would you choose if you were a player for Atlanta United?
0: If I were a player for Atlanta United, I would probably pick like one 100th. Because that would be my skill level and endurance compared to everyone else out there. On to Chance from Lawrenceville. Hey, calling for Doug at the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. This is Chance from Lawrenceville. I wanted to, first off, incredible game. I am so excited. Regardless of how it happened, getting a 4-0 result at home against Nashville is amazing. But looking at the game by itself... With a depleted Nashville side, including Dax McCarthy not coming off the bench, and Pucoltz and Zimmerman not being in the squad at all, is this 4-0 result still incredibly impressive? Or, with this depleted Nashville side, is this more what we should have expected? Regardless, I say hey, for Mayumba. But regardless, uh, happy to see the result, and I'm curious to see what your response is about this game individually speaking. Thank you for all you do, Doug. Enjoy your coffee, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you, Chance. I was taking a coffee sip as I was listening to your voicemail just now. So, yeah, I mean, you can make an argument that it's a little bit misleading. I would counter with, well, Atlanta United didn't have Saba in the starting lineup. Two of Atlanta United's, one of them is on loan, didn't cost them anything, if you want to talk about the quality. And Dax McCarty is a really good player. But I don't know if he could have kept up with Almada last night. Uh, Walker Zimmerman is a really good defender, but for whatever reason has never played well in Atlanta or rarely played well in Atlanta, going back to his days with Dallas. I don't know why that is either. But if you go back and look, he's had he's had some, some troubles here. He probably would have been able to prevent Robinson's third goal, some of those others, just because of the nature of the goals. I don't know what he could have done. He couldn't have done anything to stop Silva's goal. I don't know if what he could have done to stop Saba's goal. But Nashville is a very, very good team, very, very well coached by Gary Smith, and they'll be in the running until the end of the season. They're, they're, uh, I enjoy watching them. I enjoy watching their style of play. On to Brett, who has moved from Inman Park to East Lake. it appears. Hey, Doug, it's Brett from Eastlake. So with how amazing the performance was tonight, I still thought like there were several instances in the first half where – you know, it was apparent that the guys are, as you would expect, still getting to know each other. You know, guys occupying the same space, expecting the teammate to be somewhere they weren't, things like that. I mention that only to suggest that as good as we looked, it seems like as we play more together with this new group, we can get even better. So uh, over these last eight games, my question is... How much more do you think this team can gel and what's our ceiling going into the playoffs? Because I'm thinking it's pretty high. Appreciate it. All right, good question, Brett. I appreciate that. It's it's interesting to, to think about, isn't it? And you're right. The first half, there were some, some little hiccups. I had tweeted that a couple of times, two players stood there and watched the ball roll between them, one expecting the other to get it and the other expecting the other to get it. But then once they were able to kind of get out and run, everything solved itself. It's it's funny to me. Y'all have heard me say a bajillion times on this podcast that I, I think Atlanta United is built to bunker and counter. And bunker is not a good word. But, you know, just play solid defense, get the ball, and then go. And if you look at some of the stuff that happened in Seattle, some of the stuff that happened in Nashville, Atlanta, when Atlanta United was most threatening is when it won the ball in its third uh, with good defense. And then somebody either quickly found Miyumba or Almada – and then, boom, everybody goes forward. It, it It's fun to watch. It reminds me of the 2017-2018 teams. Now, Nashville had chances. Seattle had chances before them, but they're not putting many of the shots on goal. Atlanta United is throwing itself in front of shots. They Atlanta United blocked two Nashville shots in the first 10 seconds of the game yesterday, two good shots. And then Nashville just kind of, like Seattle before, kind of ran out of steam, tried to run with Atlanta United. Now, as for the gelling... You know, you've got the game on Wednesday. I think Atlanta United will roll out a strong lineup. It's at home. It's against Cincinnati. If it can get three points from Cincinnati, it's almost like getting between four and six because everyone else has lost a Cincinnati – or not most teams have already lost a Cincinnati. It would be a huge turn. And then you go to Frisco, Texas on a Saturday in the heat, in the dust. That's a game that if I'm Pineda, start a bunch of the young kids. See If you can grind out a draw and and then rest – for a week before you you come back the following week and host Miami. So they've got some time to gel. They should have Jamal by then. Mayamba has looked fantastic. Silva, uh, Joe Patrick, I think, tweeted this last night, that Silva is so much better than Luis Arahujo. And and it's funny to contrast because the team played a lot of money for Arahujo. It paid a lot of money in salary to Arahujo and it's getting Silva on a loan. But Silva put shots on goal which is what Arahujo consistently failed to do. And it's just amazing what happens when you put a shot on goal and just the ability to play off of teammates, which Arahujo could do a little bit, but we all saw most of the time it was dribble, dribble, dribble or dribble into a defender. And that's not happening right now with these guys. They're passing and moving and passing and moving, much like in the media match on Friday, which I think had some of the most skilled soccer I have ever seen from media members playing at the children's health care training ground on Friday, August 26. I've ever seen in my life, as long as it's specific to those conditions. Now on to the traditional questions, coffee sip from Michael. I just read in your article that Pineda got a yellow card last night. He did. Michael says, I was at the bins and didn't notice this at all. Michael, if you were talking to your loved ones instead of paying attention to the game, I don't know what to tell you. Now, Pineda got the yellow card for arguing the yellow card given to Miyamba in the first half. That was Pineda's third, which means he gets a suspension. Coaches don't get a reset of yellow cards for good behavior like the players do during the season. So Pineda will not be on the bench on Wednesday when Brandon Vasquez and Alec Kahn and the guys come into the bins. On to Matt, who says, I enjoyed seeing Saba score his goal in his debut game. He seemed to enjoy scoring it, too. Do you know what his celebratory pose was indicating? He seemed to be telling us he has an imaginary watch. <laughs> Sava was pointing at his wrist. He was asked about it in the locker room after the game. No, it wasn't that it was an imaginary watch. Although that would be really funny, uh, as you can tell from my giggling, it was. Uh, he was telling everyone it's my time, and not in a selfish way. Just kind of a. It's a thing that I've seen. You know, you get the watch thing, you get the thumb sucking thing that some players do to their wives or to their kids. It's a celebration we've seen many, many times. Joe says, big fan of the podcast and have been from inception. Well, thanks, Joe. Thanks for all the work you do and providing awesome insights and information on not only Atlanta United, but the MLS in general. Well, thank you again, Joe. He says, I have a question about Miles Robinson. You can make the argument that he is a big reason the defense has been so superb the past two matches. You really can. He didn't play – the Seattle match was his first and I think, two and a half months because of call-ups to the U.S. men's national team followed by the league's cup. He says, I believe Atlanta United still has a DP spot available. If this is the case, can they not offer that to Miles? No, they're not. We, I've gone over this in a lot of past podcasts, my friend. They're not going to pay him a DP salary. They've said they're not going to pay him a DP salary. They've offered him as much as they can, like one cent below a DP, but they're not going to give him a DP money. And I'm fine with that. You spend DP money on on players that score goals, score a lot of goals. Miles is a fantastic defender. I believe, and I've said before, he had a rough beginning of the year, I think. But as you look at all the different players that were subbed in around him, you can kind of understand why. I think he's the best defender in Major League Soccer. I think he may be among the best in CONCACAF. One-on-one, he, he's not going to get beat. And that's the whole point of being a defender and why he should have been Defender of the Year a couple of times in the past two years. That's not to knock on Zimmerman, but I think Robinson is is that much better. And him paired with Abram and Mayumba and Huzetu, who's had two fantastic games, by the way, in the middle. And the defense has been tough to penetrate. Thanks for everything you do, Disco Doug, Joe says. On to Adam, who says, It's amazing and beautiful to watch when the right pieces come together, and many players look so much more lively and productive because the whole of the team is constructed for the same approach. Bravo's all around. Well said, Adam. That means I don't have much to harp on right now, so I'll ask this. Is Saba a winger or striker by trade because he looked a little lost out wide, especially defensively? He's a winger. Uh, He's a right winger. He may have looked a little lost because he hasn't had a whole lot of time to train. And usually teams work on defense first. So Saba has not had a lot of time to work on the defensive tactics with Atlanta United and develop some chemistry with Brooks Lennon on the ride in terms of who's covering who and who's going to make this run and things like that. So it'll come. He's a lot faster than I thought he'd be looking at him last night. And he can strike a ball. It, it is amazing to me. We get to watch these guys in training sometimes and a guy like uh, Tiago, who's not a big guy at all, but he can, like, take it one step and just rip the ball. Luis Arrugia could do the same thing. Just the technique and just the the hip flexor strength or thigh strength or whatever it is, they could just strike the ball so pure. It's like a golfer. You look at a golfer swing, like, you know, if you're watching the Tour Championship at East Lake right now, and you look at the swing and think, he didn't swing very hard, but then the ball goes a bajillion miles. It's the same thing. It's just technique from, from repetition and fast twitch muscles and, and skill that I only possess like with ingesting calories. De Boonful says, that was excellent. I felt like a turkey shoot at times and the sloppy will get better with familiarity. It feels like a different team. A couple of points. The team looks much more dynamic with these new gents. The biggest key to me is the willingness of the new guys to cut inside and break play through the middle. Totally confusing and making Nashville panic instead of just horseshoe the ball with corner crosses, unless Almada was forcing it in the past. He also enjoyed the team turning on the counterattack at every chance last night. Yep, so did I, as noted earlier. Uh, He continues, this Silva guy looks like a real winner all over the field, but I'm going to be asking for apologies for mascara hate from all kinds of people, even with questionable undeveloped finishing. He has to be accounted for due to his dynamic angles and extraordinary pace and those cut-in and dump-off runs tonight completely terrorized Nashville and made the players around him more effective. Respect the man. Yeah, I thought I thought Muscare had a really good game last night. I thought he was wasteful against Seattle. I thought he was much better made better decisions, I think, against Nashville. I still think he's being much more effective off the bench against tired players. But he was physical last night, too. He put a couple of Nashville players on the ground. And, you know, it's just at some point, though, I keep saying this, and I guess it's a knock on him if you want to take it as a knock on him. There's got to be some end product in the final third, and there's still not, but, you know, we'll see what happens. He continues, Wiley looks like a much more effective player from the back. His skill set is better suited there, in my opinion, he says, and the defense kept a very disciplined straight four back line tonight. Things are looking up. Yep, all good points to Booneful. Thank you. Uh, I think Wally can play on the left wing or as a left fullback. Um, he's still, what, 19 years old or however old he is. But he looked really good last night. He, his decision-making was better than at to, in a few moments in Seattle where he got the team into trouble. Eric with a K says, I know there are several talking points that could be addressed with this podcast question. How significant was the win? It was huge. You know, uh, This was not a game I thought they would win. Um, because they hadn't beaten Nashville in seven previous attempts. I think they beat them two consecutive times in Nashville's first season and and haven't beaten them since. So this was a huge confidence boost. It's huge to get those three points at home. You've now beaten two really solid teams in the East and the West. Eric continues, how amazing is it to see speed on the flanks again? Uh, There was speed with Arahujo, There just wasn't effectiveness. But, yeah, there's, there's speed on the flanks now. And Eric says, how impressive are the new signees? They're pretty darn good. You know, let's let the, let's let the sample size grow a little bit. But right now, they, they look fantastic. But here's the real hard-hitting question from Eric. How much money would it take for you to grow a Joe Willis mustache and keep said mustache for a month? I will contribute the first dollar. Well, I can grow a mustache now. I can grow the, uh, what is it called? I got the goatee mustache. I just can't grow a beard. I can't get the the hair to come in on the cheeks. I started to look like Cliff Clavin on Cheers when they had the beer beard growing exercise and he looked like a wolfman. That's what I look like when I try to grow a beard. So if y'all want me to go with a porn stash, I can. You can start a GoFundMe and I'll donate the money to charity. But I'm willing to do that. I just got to have evidence that there's a GoFundMe and we, and we can donate the money to, to soccer in the streets or something like that. And now... It's a similar question asked by two people, and it'll be our question of the week to end this because I want to watch Liverpool, Newcastle. If you were to choose the best few games from Gonzalo Pineda's tenure, this is from Nick and Mike, friends of the podcast, along with Daboonful and Eric and some of the others who I forgot to say friends of the podcast. Where would tonight rank? So there's been, you know, there's been some good performances. Seattle was good. You go back and you look at the win against Colorado. That was good. I'm horrible at remembering past matches. I can remember a lot of moments from past matches, but actually going back and trying to think about the quality of the victories. uh, I'm not at all very good at doing that. Had Nashville had its full strength lineup in, had had McCarty, had, had Zimmerman, I think this would have been easily the best performance in Gonzalo Pineda's tenure. Right now, I'll put it among them. It is really funny to me or interesting to me. That the Boca out crowd, the Pineda out crowd, suddenly don't have anything to say. And this, you know, I, I've said many times: if you're going to criticize Boca for for some signings, which is fair, you should compliment him for other signings. To be fair, I haven't seen it. I haven't seen anyone say, "Man, Boca Negra got that right about Miyamba or "Boca Negra got that right about Silva," or "Boca Negra and Jonathan Specter." Man, what a find on. On Saba, you know anything like that? I haven't seen. And you know, if it's if you're gonna be that guy, then be the guy, and and give some give some compliments too. All right, happy birthday to my daughter Sarah. I want to thank Sean. We met for breakfast on Friday. He's a big Atlanta United supporter. We we met and talked soccer. I want to thank Sean for for doing that. It was very nice to meet you. As always, hug your loved ones, communicate with your loved ones. Follow us on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow me on Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. Hug your loved ones, communicate with your loved ones. Y'all take care.